0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity.
2: Well, we have an interesting show for you today. At least I found it interesting in doing my pre-show uh, preparation, and I hope that you will. This show is called uh, Crimes Against Humanity, and we explore all kinds of crimes, things like sextortion, human trafficking, labor trafficking, uh, child exploitation of all kinds, especially cyber child exploitation, which is what we're going to talk about today, and also child pornography. I've used this time. By the way, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. This is our Christmas show and uh, Christmas will be this coming Sunday after uh, after the show airs. And that's why I picked the subject of looking at video gaming and online gaming because I know over Christmas many young people are going to get new cell phones. Uh, with all the latest technology, and they're going to get video games, lots and lots of video games. And so I really wanted to kind of work through that subject with you. Now, this show goes to 170 countries, and I especially know that video games are really, really popular in Asia. I have gone to Cambodia a lot, but I also know they're huge in Japan, China, in fact, they even have whole camps over there to help kids overcome video game addiction because it is, in fact, extremely addicting to some people. And so this show goes to 170 countries and I really want to thank the people that are listening to this show. Many of you are listening by archive. I know that because you I get the the reports. I am blown away by the number of followers that we have in Germany and in the UK and Italy and Canada and lately also in China and Japan. So thank you for following us. If you're here in the United States and you happen to be listening live, Our call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. But what I would really appreciate would be that if you would contact me by Facebook or by email, let me know who you are and where you're at and what your concerns are and what you're learning about this. And if you're seeing particular kinds of human exploitation in your area and if there's something that you're seeing that is being done to resolve it. The show is brought to you by Million Kids. Now, when I say that, it sounds like me and kids, but it isn't. It's Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, Million Kids. That is because more than a million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. So you can always email me at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. Also, if you want to look at the archive shows, we, we, uh, put those on millionkids.org, but we also have a site specific to this show called Exploited Crimes. That is because this show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. So ExploitedCrimes.com, if you go on there and hit listen, you will see, I think at this point we probably have about 20 to 24 shows on there. The reason I take the time to share that with you is that those are great resources for personal training, and I especially hope that missionaries around the world will take the time to uh, go on there and look at those shows. You, by the way, if you have a nonprofit organization or you're a church or a synagogue or a ward, you can ask for an embed code. And on that embed code, we can just simply send it to you over the Internet, and you can... Post our shows for free on your website. The purpose of that is that your organization then can provide free human trafficking training on a wide variety of subjects simply by having this on your show, uh, excuse me, on your site and then you can take it from there. Well, we've taken a lot of time to lay the groundwork for this, but I want to talk about online gaming and I really want to do this from a standpoint of being objective and and I would. Really appreciate your feedback. I took on the issue of online gaming about two years ago because we were seeing so many cases where young people, and especially males, males that are 11, 12, 13, and 14 years old, uh, that were violated through what we call sex-stortion, sex and extortion. And even at the time, some of my friends in the business cautioned me, careful, Opal, You know, people are going to become upset because this is kind of everybody's doing it and uh, you don't want to be a naysayer and what do you know about it anyway? And I decided I wasn't going to back off. The reason I wasn't going to is because on average we get two to three calls a week with somebody who has been violated through a video game. Now these numbers are not, by the way, included in the sex trafficking numbers that you see out there. Many of these cases never get reported or they never get um, accumulated in uh, law enforcement reports because, you know, they're they're kind of in that unseen territory that nobody really knows how to do. But I am concerned about gaming, and I'll say that uh, right up front. Quite frankly, it is what's going to be happening all throughout the rest of our lives. Uh, You have often heard me say that this is the most unique generation that's ever lived. And I believe that with all my heart. This is the first generation that has this much opportunity to explore outside the family unit, outside the school unit, to literally get their connection and their instruction throughout the entire world. And that has never happened before. Certainly young people have had access to the Internet, but not with the level of technology and autonomy and the ability to reach the entire world. And I believe with all my heart we are seeing the change of that impact on our young people as we speak I was looking at this, and I'm going to tell you that gaming, is, I'm, you know, gaming isn't good or bad. Technology is not good or bad. It is how we choose to allow it to impact our lives. The big problem with that is that we are giving it to young people who have not even started the cognitive reasoning process. And that's a problem. I mean, we give this stuff to 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds, These kids are not going to have cognitive reasoning for another three to eight years. And we would not do that in any other place in our life. On top of it, we are doing it in such a way that the parent most commonly is not involved. And so we give them something that needs cognitive reasoning. We already are aware they don't have it. But then most parents do not engage with them. In other words, they don't sit with the video game and play the video game and talk about the moral lessons in or not involved in that video game. So it really is a kind of a crisis situation within our society. And we see, we, me, and kids, Susie Carpenter and myself, Susie's under the weather today, so she's not on with me, but... We see the results of that, and we don't want to be extremists, trust me. I'm not interested in that. This is a change in our society, and what I want to do is bring attention to that change so that you as parents can be as involved and alerted to this as possible. But I am going to tell you, it is not easy. I looked up an old article. I did a lot of research for this show, and that's always dangerous because then I can't get it all in. This is an old article. It's, um, you know, almost three years old now. Yes, 2013. Hard to believe that's three years old. Uh, but the headline was nine ways video games can actually be good for you. Now, my guess, it's put out by the Huffington Post. It's called Screen Sense, and I believe that Susie had that posted on her website. Now, my guess is probably some video game producer uh, hired a, a research company to do this, and they do that, you know, because they want to establish their position in the business. In this case, what is going on is they're saying that video games have a lot of really good for young people. Hey, I don't disagree with that. I agree with that 100%. Uh, their two top things is that it's like steroids for your brain. Well, it certainly is. It says that they did a research where they did one group of um, video game players and then they had a separate group of video game players and they did an MRI of their brain afterwards. And they found that those that were playing the video games, their gray matter and the right, right hippocampus, the right pre frontal cortex, and the cerebellum were, those are the areas responsible for spatial navigation, spatial, not space, spatial, S-P-A-T-I-A-L, spatial navigation, memory formation, strategic planning, and fine motor skills. Now, I have a good friend, and I highly recommend that you might want to follow him. His name is Dr. Andrew Doan, D-O-A-N. And he and his wife, Julie, run a nonprofit called um, Real Battle Ministries. And they specifically deal a lot with video game addiction. Uh, Dr. Doan is a Ph.D. and an M.D., and he was addicted to video games. And he now is a researcher for neuroscience with the Navy. And so he's like this you know, a rocket scientist kind of guy who has the experience of this. And I would recommend that you go to Real Battle Ministries and look at it. He also has a book called Hooked on Games, if you have a young person in your life that's addicted. And he will agree with this, that there are some good things that happen to the brain when you get into video gaming. It does develop parts of the brain. It helps hand-eye coordination It helps psychological testing, for instance, like completing cognitive flexibility tasks with greater speed and accuracy. So there are good things about it. However, there are many, many bad things about it, and we need to understand the difference. We are up against our first break here, and so I'm going to ask you to stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens To keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, Back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
2: Well, hello and welcome back. We appreciate you following us. Today we are talking about online gaming and the impact that it has on our kids. And also we're going to be talking about how predators use them. I Just in the first half or first quarter of this talked about the good part of this and how it's going to change our world. If you want to call in today, uh, 1-866-472-5788. Now, I know that many, many of our followers are overseas, and you can always post on Me and Kids on Facebook. Just simply go to Facebook or hit like and then po- uh, find us on Me and Kids, and you can post on that or you can send me an email at, opal at me and kids. All of these shows are archived both at MeAndKids.org and exploitedcrimes.com. Now we're talking about the gaming industry because we know it's Christmas time and everybody's going to get these new games. I did some research on this and we know now that 97% of kids and young people have access to some sort of game. Now there's a couple of categories of games in my mind. Those that have chat rooms that are exposed to uh, video chat rooms and regular chat rooms where you can talk to strangers and those that do not. However, before we get into the uh, chat room kind of thing, I want to talk about what is going on here in the gaming. I've, I've looked at a lot of various video games over the last week getting ready for this. And here's my concern with what is going on. I agree it improves hand-eye coordination. I agree that it um, improves uh, response and decision-making. I agree with all that. And those things are good. And in order for a child to be able to compete, they're going to need to be able to have that kind of training. It is how we're going to teach our young people. We see three-year-olds that are being given these little smartphones now, that's scary because one of the things that's happening is we are training our people, our young people, to be able to be interactive with the outside world at a very, very young age. So when we get into gaming, what my concern is, especially if there's a video chat room or a, a gaming chat room, my, dis- my concern here is the ability for someone... I have, I have actually two concerns. One is the perception of self in the sexual environment, and two, the grooming process. So let me talk about the grooming process. Those of you who have heard me talk in person, um, which I often cover this, my concern is that this is not like taking a child to a dirty movie that has a lot of violence. If you choose to do that, that's your decision. But that activity happens to a character out in the movie, and you all go home, even if you see it. Two or three times, it's over at the end of the movie. But it is completely different in a video game because as soon as you get a video game, you create an avatar that you live vicariously through that avatar. Your score depends on, you know, your acceptance with the team, with the guild, with the group that you play with is based on that score and that score is ever present. Many of these games that I have looked at, I would say the bulk of the games that I have seen in preparing for this show, what is happening here on this is that, first of all, they're full of foul language. I don't know uh, how you feel about that, but I find that really um, degrading. You know, do we have to use the F word, you know, every fourth letter? every fourth word. Do we really have to do that? Can't we teach our children to communicate without that? On top of it, you know, there's a lot of terms like bitch and uh, forgive me, but, you know, that's the clean ones that we can say. And so what we find is we go into this world and we create an avatar and we have a score and then we go into a world that is often violent and many of these are very, very violent and very, very sexual. And I want to get to the sexual part about that when I'm through with this analogy. But then you also go into a world with animated sex and with violence and your scores ahead of you. And then we open the door to the team and the team is there and that that player, that child, if it's a 10, 11, 12-year-old child, needs the approval of the people that they are playing with in that video game. And many of those people you would never invite into the home. One of the things that I observed as I looked at a whole lot of YouTubes on these games is that many of those people that are in that those chat rooms are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 accomplished gamers. And your little 11, 12, 13-year-old daughter needs their approval. That's kind of like trolling for danger right there because you have just submitted your child... To a team of people that are much older, much more experienced, much more dominant, and your child needs their approval. On top of it, they're new at these games. They don't know what they're doing, and they're going in there. I just saw one of these games like this. It was a game of Minecraft in there, and, and it was the pedophile group. And by the way, look at Minecraft. They have a pedophile section, and this is a part of the game. And in this game, this girl was not very good. She was 10 years old, and another player nailed her and nailed her sexually over and over and over. Now, supposedly, she's supposed to fight back, but she's very young. She's naive, and they're laughing at at her inability to fight back. Look at that. She's just standing there taking it, he says. I was just blown away by why any parent would allow a naive young girl to put herself in that situation. And that's just one of many that I want to share with you. So it is a grooming process. It's a situation where there's scores always in front of them. And many of these cases, many of these games are based on occult and sorcery. And I think to myself, you know, Harry Potter was set in sorcery and we came to normalize that. But in what world would an average Christian parent take an 11-year-old child through a game of occult cult and get them to compete with all kinds of violence and sexual terms and have older people talking to your young, innocent child? And, you know, where is the parent? I think you get where I'm going here. I'm asking you to set with your child. If you're going to provide one of these games, you too play with that child. And you decide, this is the only answer in my opinion. There are not enough filters in the world. If you're going to take your innocent child and put them in one of those games, then you set with them and don't walk away. Because the minute you buy them that game, you give them implied consent of whatever it is that's in that game. And you better know what it is if you're going to do that. So you're in there, and your score is going up and up. And what we see in these cases where they meet pedophiles is over and over, they start to become friends. And they begin to text outside of this. You see, one of the things pedophiles do is move a child around from place to place. They text. They send an Instagram. They might share a YouTube and you, the parent, probably won't catch up to this, number one. Number two, it makes it harder for law enforcement. And number three, it gives him the control because he's moving your child around and your child follows. And each of those is a depth, a, a deepening, I guess is the right word, a deepening of the grooming experience. The more control he has, the more likely he is going to receive with that. So, one of the other things that happens in here is you get something called the Tetris effect. My friend Dr. Andy Doan often talks about this. If you've ever taken your child out to dinner, even if you leave the video game at home, even if you leave the cell phone at home, your child isn't with you. Why? They're playing the game in their head. You see, this is an insidious conditioning process. What is happening is they know their team's still playing. Your child may get up in the middle of the night and try to access the thing because their team's depending on them to compete. You see, it's all based on the fact that they're an avatar and what their score is. And their acceptance and their rejection is based on that score. Well, what do you do? Well, number one, the first thing you do is any game you buy, you play. If you're not willing to play that game with them, don't buy it. Second of all... Start to have discussions about this game. Is there a lot of the F word? Is this what you want your child to speak like? Because remember, they're receiving approval like that. Are they having sex? Are they having anal sex? That is the most common side. And we're going to talk about the sexual impact of this in the next segment. I'm very, very concerned about this. And I think that if you, the parent, are condoning this by buying it for them, then you better start having some conversation about what sex is and what it should be and what happens when it's one-way sex in a video game, because that is most often what happens in there. So sit with your kid and understand exactly what's happening in that game or don't be in there, and then start to have the dialogue. You know, how do you feel about pedophilia? Hello? Did I lose you? Because your child is going to be exposed to that. How do you feel about prostitution? We need to talk about that. What is sex? Your child's first sexual encounter may very likely be a virtual sexual encounter. How do you feel about that? Because these games have sex in them. Talk about the fear of failure. Because this is a performance-based relationship. That child is accepted or rejected based on that score and what they're willing to try out. And they don't want to be rejected. And so they're willing, they think to themselves, it's just a game. We talk about that. In fact, I spoke in school several times this week at Poly High, and we talked about, you know, what is happening is your child is getting approval in a fantasy world, but they're making real-life decisions that will affect them, and this is exactly how it goes wrong. You see, your child is playing in a, in a fantasy world where they're talking to real-life people, and they're making decisions, real-life decisions, based on a fantasy world that first thing that will happen is they send a naked photo and they want one back. And it is at that moment when that child sends that naked photo back that they have made a real-life decision in a fantasy world that will change their real life forever. Or they may decide to sneak out and meet up with them, which is often the case. So this is an interesting thing that is going on here with the grooming process and I want you to understand the most important thing to do is get your fam- get your child back into the family and away from the game. Get them into sports and get them into conversations with your family because that game puts them in isolation and that gives the people in the guild all the control. Get them into sports. Take it away, have family time, and start to talk about what kind of moral values they have as a person. Well, this is the hard break. Stay right with us. We are going to be
1: right back. listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
2: Well, hello and welcome back. This is Opal, as I just said. Unfortunately, Susie's out with a cold or something today and uh, we're missing her. But uh I want to invite you anytime you want to, please go to Me and Kids on our Facebook page and like it. Share it with your friends and share this show with your friends if you would. We would appreciate that a whole lot. If you belong to a church, uh a synagogue, a ward, anything like that, a nonprofit organization, share this, forward this uh site so that people can hear this and and uh, join in and like that. And you can also contact us for an embed code so that you can put this on your uh, website yourself. I've written a book that some of you, many, many, quite frankly, I am blown away. So many of you have purchased this book, and I'm very, very grateful. The book is called Seduce, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. And uh, it is all about how the grooming process takes place and it's really heavy about social media. You see, for those of you who don't know uh, myself, I work with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force here in Southern California. I, I'm so used to talking with all of you, I forget to mention that. I'm also an instructor at USC at the Saul Price Institute for Safe Communities, where we train chief of police and uh, leadership of law enforcement throughout all of California and I'm an instructor at uh, US uh, excuse me at the Los Angeles Fire Training Academy for leadership. So, I do a lot of research. I'm known for the research that I do. I've trained thousands, tens of thousands of people throughout all of Southern California and, and quite frankly across the US. And I do go out and make presentations to groups The reason I do this is because I do a huge amount of research, many, many hours. I've been doing this for five years, I follow all the latest technologies. And I am very, very concerned about what I'm seeing, especially in the last five to six weeks. I'm putting together an entire new presentation just based on the latest technology, specific heavily to uh, cyber child sexual exploitation. And I'm going to bring that up. I know we're talking about gaming, but let me kind of share some of this. There's a case that Susie posted on this uh, site. Uh, The headline is Predators Use Gaming Systems live video features to uh, find children, I think it is, that line's missing. But this is a case, it's a, a reasonably current case, quite frankly, and it's a case where a man, uh, I believe is a retired uh, law enforcement officer, if I remember right, he bought the family a new Xbox Kinect. That is spelled K-I-N-E-C-T for parents out there. Uh, and so, you know, he's a very involved parent. And he bought this, and then one day he was playing, and his 12-year-old boy, I think it was, was playing this. And all of a sudden, he heard a man's voice coming from the game speaker while his son was playing the game in in another room. He went into the room there, and all of a sudden, he saw this man appearing on the screen. It was an image of a man standing there naked. Now, the man was masturbating, okay, and he was trying to get the kid to do exactly what he was doing. The father couldn't believe it. I mean, he started pulling the plug on everything, but what the father, even though the father is very confer- concerned and very involved, he did not realize that the new Kinect system literally allowed total strangers to suddenly appear in their game. You see, it has live streaming in it, and this is where it was, um, where it's going to go in the future, uh. This isn't an isolated incident, by the way. There were multiple individuals when they started looking at this kid. He's 12, okay, and I'm sure he's a good kid. Uh, They're all good kids, most of them. Well, I've met some of them that I wouldn't qualify for that, but most of these, this is why I do the work I do. No child should be naively allowed into this. And it is happening because we are giving young people devices before they have cognitive reasoning. And two, we have parents who are not setting in the game when they buy that game. They don't understand the actions that they're taking. And it's naivety. These are not bad people. I am not judging this father to be a bad father. He is a good father. He heard it, thank God. But this isn't the first event for this kid. They started going through this, and he says uh, that the kid had been talking to lots of people here. This was happening because he had agreed to a friend request. The individual friend requested him and said, I want to be your friend, and he accepted that request. There were multiple individuals that he had had conversations with, inappropriate conversation and exposure occurred. So this isn't the first time this kid has seen this. Now, I really want to talk about this in-depth. Now, first of all, thank God for the Father, but I want you to understand that there are some new technologies coming out that are about to blow our world apart. I am putting together an in-depth presentation on this, especially if you're a corporation or someone in law enforcement that really wants to hear about this. I'm preparing it for USC, but I would be willing to share it later on. think about this. We are just introducing virtual reality pornography. The man that I read the review said, and literally, he said, I'm a normal guy doing normal stuff. I never cheat on my wife. I'm not a pervert. He said, in five minutes, I was doing stuff with, with three people I'll never admit to a soul. But he said, I was blown away. It just tore at my soul and my mind for nearly a month. Virtual reality is how our kids' gaming works, and it is about to get real. Now we've just added live streaming so that they can connect to real people in this environment. So this is, and now we're introducing Instagram, just introduce disappearing video. And Facebook just introduced encrypted messaging. There are not going to be enough parents and filters out there in the world, folks, that you can just hire an electronic babysitter to check out what your kid's doing and alert you if they're doing something wrong. I am calling all parents that if you get electronics for your child, you sit with that child at least the first few times, and then intermittently, and you participate, and you decide if this meets your moral values. I'm not asking you to follow my moral values. I mean, I'm I'm older than many of you out there, and I admit I grew up in a world where sex was something that was supposed to be respected between two people. But this video game kind of thing dehumanizes sex. And I really want to address that in a really serious way. I began to look through YouTube and I was just blown away at what I saw. Uh, One of these, by the way, there are all kinds of YouTubes and all kinds of games out there that are literally adult sex games with porn, hardcore porn in them. You talk about an addicting process. You see, one of the things I am concerned about is the addictive nature of pornography that we are pouring into our children. From where I come from, a child's first sexual encounter will determine the future of how healthy their sex life is and their ability to have a healthy relationship. In fact, I know because I've worked with licensed marriage family therapist, especially one that deals with sex addiction, he believes the first age that a child sees uh, pornography will determine the level of pornography addiction that will take place in that child as they become adults because it's a feeding frenzy. And if they see it, for instance, with their father at 8, 9, 10 years old, they will find themselves addicted early on in their teenage years. Well, we are feeding uh, pornography to children through these video games in ways that we never would have done before. We write it off. We tell our conscience it's just a video game. But for instance, I just saw one video game today. It's called The Greatest Pervert of All. It had 18 million views. It's called Love Test. And it is absolutely vile, but they don't all have to be adult pornography. You say, well, of course, that's, that's kind of got an adult slant. Do you know, I, I received a phone call from a man last fall that just broke my heart. He sounded like an absolutely wonderful man, a great father, and he, he was crying, and they were at the, um, the uh, emergency ward over at Kaiser Hospital in Southern California, His 11-year-old daughter had wanted something called high puppies, and he thought, you know, she's a little mature for that, but he was proud of her innocence still, so he bought it. He said, I never dreamed it had a chat room, never once dreamed, and this man was in anguish and agony, and my heart went out to him. They were in the the emergency room because they're doing a rape kit check for his 11-year-old daughter who went on high puppies, and then a 19-year-old guy in a chat room, ended up sneaking out to meet him, and ended up in tragedy. Think about this. Your child's first sexual encounter can very well happen through a video game. And I want you to think about the impact of that. I believe that your child's sexual identity, their child, their sexual fantasies, should be healthy, moral fantasies. That if your child's first sexual encounter has to do with sodomy, virtual sodomy, because they're a poor player, what kind of self-image are you going to have in that? You see, what is happening here in these games is virtual sex is one-way sex. I'm going to slow down a minute. I want you to be able to process that. This is not two people making love, showing respect, and engaging in give and take. Virtual sex is one-way sex, and it's usually based on a score. And whether you win or lose, it devaluates it. I'll tell you, I, I actually, uh, because I've been teaching on, um, on high school campuses, and boy, what an education that is, I was blown away. This one girl told me this week, no, I not this week, it was last week. She told me, she said, we were talking about the danger of giving naked photos out on the Internet. And she said, well, you have to. You have to because if you don't give them your photo, they won't go out with you. They want to see what they're getting or they're not going to go out with you. You talk about desensitized on this. And so when you're, you're doing virtual sex and now we have live streaming that allows this to come right into the game. And folks, this is just beginning. With this new technology that's coming out there, This is about to become a global phenomenon, as any person in the world will be able to come in to your video game and meet your child and influence your moral values. You see, I believe this is very, very important. I believe that your child's first sexual encounter ought to be real, and it ought to be moral, And it ought to be something that makes them feel good about themselves and others. But when your child's first sexual encounter has to do with anal sex and using the F word over and over and over and the A word and all the other words that go with it, how good can they feel about themselves? And then when you allow another party to enter into them and give them approval, in the away, and then it becomes more and more demanding. Once I get that first photo, I need another. And now you are part of an entire ring, and you're being violated, and you don't know how to tell anybody. And it is that shame factor that will make your child vulnerable to being a victim of child sex trafficking and cyber exploitation. Well, one more time. This segment went very, very fast. In the end, the next segment, what we're going to do is look at how this has gone wrong with some of these, uh, cases, and we're going to talk about what it looked like for a parent. So, again, this is Opal Singleton. I'm with me and kids. The show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please contact me at opal at me and kids, or follow us on. Me, excuse me, that's opal at me and or follow us on Facebook. We'll be right back.
1: You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton.
2: Well, hello and welcome back. We are talking about online video gaming because it is Christmas time. And uh, we know that many, many kids out there are going to get video games. This is something that is not going to go away, folks. This is something that you have to decide just how involved you want to be with these video games and what you want your child exposed to. It literally is a trillion-dollar industry. Do you know that World of... No, it wasn't World of Warcraft. It was... um, Grand Theft Auto, which is really, really a crazy game. I mean, it's never been a beacon of morality. They they got six world records, broke six world records in the first week that they were out there. They sold a billion dollars worth the first three days. It costs a hundred million dollars to make one of these games. I'm telling you, folks, when I go out into schools, one of the things that we are seeing is game makers that are giving grants to schools to teach their kids to program these games, and it's a fascinating thing because, you know, many of the games that they're programming are not necessarily quality, healthy games, and yet they're making their way into getting acceptance as a way of life. In other words, they're desensitizing us on what is acceptable and desensitizing kids on what is acceptable having to do with sex, and I do believe that this is an important point because... You know, certainly there are quality games out there that can teach hand-eye coordination, that can teach good quality education, but the big games that are out there are games that are really degrading to the human mind. Now, you may learn to be a very good warrior in there, and you may get the best points, but you are doing it in an environment that has a lot of unusual sexual activity, and also a lot of violence and a lot of foul language. And personally, I don't want to succumb to that. Uh, it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, uh, forgive me for sharing my faith, you know, but I sometimes think about this, that, that we have reached a point of a line that said they laid their children at the altar of other gods. I think that that's important. I know that sounds maybe radical and and crazily religious to some of you, but we're allowing our children in a world that we never, ever would do before because we've become desensitized. I want to use this last section to just give you uh, four real quick cases. Susie normally would get these, but just cool, so I'm going to do it. This headline, these are all on the exploitedcrimes.com webpage, and so that you can see what these are about. This headline, How Predators Use Online Games to Lure Children, this article is from the parents of a 10-year-old girl. Now, I'm going to have a problem with that right there, because when you put a 10-year-old on a game, I want to think about this a minute. I know you think this is radical, but I say to myself, would you hand a 10-year-old a bottle of vodka and say, why don't you carry that around till you're 14 and don't open it? Of course you wouldn't. It seems extreme. It seems silly. But when you hand a 10-year-old girl a game, number one, she's just starting to think of puberty. And number two is she has no cognitive reasoning. It's kind of like, trolling your child up and down the street and seeing, you know, out in front of a bar and seeing who wants to come out and help her learn puberty. And it is an insane thing when I think about, okay, this girl's tent. Now, her parents care. It says so her name's Olivia. um That's a probably made-up name. She's an avid player of Minecraft. Now, you can be on Minecraft and not have a chat room. And you can learn things on Minecraft, but... I saw Minecraft where literally they were sodomizing a 10-year-old girl on there. She explained that the person calling himself Ben sent her his gaming tag and she added him to her friends list. It's that easy. The parents had no idea. Well, the parents may have not had any idea, but she's 10. And you need to understand, if you put your child in a game that has friends, that means it has a chat room, and all you—it's as simple as adding a gaming tag. It's that simple. Then trying to convince her to send nude photos of himself to her, to him. Olivia's mother discovered the messages and tricked the person into sending nude photos of himself to Olivia's phone. Well, this a little bit dangerous. Two things are happening here. First of all, I applaud the mother. She didn't just buy this game and walk away. I am a little worried that the child's only 10. Now, the mother got involved here and tricked the person into sending nude photos. What I would do is immediately separate the child from the game and take the, chi- the game down to the police department and let the police play that interceptor. And by the way, if you see that your child has sent the nude photo, do not destroy it. I know it's a kick in the gut. I work with parents all the time on these kinds of cases. It makes you want to vomit to realize that there are pedophiles all over the world drooling. Excuse me. Drooling over your child's body. But you made the decision to put them in that game. And you need to stand beside them and help them because their first sexual encounter has been one that really is not healthy. We don't let our kids walk away anywhere anymore anymore. We know bad things can happen. The fact that it got this close really disturbed the parent. She was doing what most people do when they get something to hide. She had not told her mother. When I saw the conversation about sending pictures, I slammed the phone down and it took me another hour to be able to read everything on the phone. <laughs> Olivia was terrified. She had never said anything about text messages. You see, these kids know they're in trouble, but they don't want to lose the game. But they're 10. I mean, there ten. What, what do we think is going to happen? But a sure giveaway that Ben wasn't 12 was a text message saying, Hi, I'm at work. I can't be on Xbox now. So think about what has happened here. As Olivia slept, Jessica pretended to be her daughter and sent a message to Ben. I don't recommend that, folks. I recommend taking it to the police department and letting them recommend, handle it. Why do I tell you this? Because... These guys are never happy with just one. They keep whole notebooks. In fact, if you followed our group, our Facebook, excuse me, if you followed our show, you saw a couple of weeks ago, we had a ring where there were five different people pretending to be one person, and that child never knew they were talking to five different people here. She said, Ben begged her to send him a photo. Well, I'm trying, but I keep getting interrupted. She then ended the contact with the person who had been texting. You see, the reason they text is to get them away from the game. They just use the game as a weed generation program to find this child. Ben was texting from and paid to a reverse number search. She tracked the number to a man who lives out of state. He indicated when she ran his LinkedIn program that he was a white-collar professional. So she finally goes to the police, and within the first five or ten minutes, they got him to admit that he knew she was ten years old. There's all kinds of YouTubes on there where they're laughing and playing because they know they're talking to a ten-year-old. So what is happening here is that they never considered that the predator could actually reach Olivia by game. It just never occurred to them. Really? Well, let me tell you it can, and they will build a relationship to continue that. I don't have time for all the other cases, but there is case after case after case on our site. It is so easy to have this happen, and I hope that you will give this some thought. Games are here to stay, but if you're going to buy your child a game, I'm going to ask you, think about how much cognitive reasoning do they have. Will you be okay if this is their first sexual encounter, especially if it goes wrong? And uh, number three, what is your role and responsibility to keep your child safe? Well, this is Opal Singleton and this is Me and Kids and our show is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I'm going to ask you to share this show with everywhere you can and we'd ask you to follow us on Facebook at Me and Kids or write to me at Opal at MeandKids.org. Well, we wish everyone a very Merry Christmas, and we will be on next week, and we'll have a Happy New Year and start a whole new year. I'm so excited. There's so much to work with next year. All right. Have a great holiday, everybody.